Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Best Got Beat Season 3, Episode A. My name is Luke Hatfield, and as, and as ever, <laughs> I am joined by the one, the only, the man who never messes up his words in an intro, Mr. Liam Keane. Do you want to do, do, do a take two, Luke? Um, I'm all good, mate. How are you? All good? No, no, no need for a take two. No need for a take two. I'm good. I'm good. How How are you doing? I'm, uh, well, you know, it's always a pleasure to, uh, it's always a pleasure to be speaking to you. It's, it's nice for you to take, you know, take your time out of your day, you know, deal with, deal with the saddlers. I know you're a, you're a baggage fan these days and, um, I, I, I was sort of forgetting the th- thought you didn't really think I existed at one point. It was almost like I was like a scorned lover just waiting for you to come back to me. I mean, you were, you were just, <laughs> just desperate for me, were you? It took full 40 seconds for you that to little, take a shot at me, which is probably a new pause. podcast record. <laughs> that little pause in between, just like, I can't believe Liam just described himself as a scorned lover with describing <laughs> describing the, our relationship. I, I won't let, I'll let the fans make the, 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 their mind upon what that, what that means. I mean, clearly I have quite a profound effect on you, uh, <laughs> Liam. You're my FIFA um, guru. What's that? You're my FIFA guru. Yeah, yeah, I've actually quit. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you this. Uh, have you actually not come back to it at all? I've quit Ultimate Team forever. Blimey. That is Funny shocking. story. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before. I'm actually banned by EA now. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so EA, the people who make the game, uh, have banned me from Ultimate Team. Not not fully banned me, but they've effectively banned me. So what happened was I, I was... I found that it was it was affecting it was it was probably affecting my mood a little bit too much, taking up too much <laughs> of my time. So I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna play all my team again. But I had the problem of I'd built up like a number of coins that you use in the game to buy players. Uh, so we had about eight hundred thousand of them. Which is quite a bit. <laughs> um after I'd sold all my players. And I've got friends who still play, so I was like, Oh, I'll I'll help you guys out. I'll I'll give you each a, an even proportion of my coins. So I went out of my way, um, and basically the way you do it is you you would list players on the transfer market and you would buy them for the maximum amount of coins. However, uh, EA have a system where if you start doing this with really bad players that they catch on, uh, I had an email the next day, I'm not allowed to buy, sell, use the transfer market on the on the game mode at all for life. Really? Really. Life? Literally, one strike and you're out with them. So the, I mean, I, I remember back in the day when they the, the rules were a lot uh, a lot more lenient, and you could um, use certain websites to buy certain things on that game. But uh, for lo- I mean, that that's just that's mental for life. I mean, so essentially, you can't play the game because there's no point in playing. There's no point. You can't do anything else really. The funny thing is, it's helped me because now I can't I can't be tempted to go back. I suppose that's true. Yeah. It's 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 like they've said. Well, okay, we'll ban you as punishment. It's like, guys, I was quitting anyway. <laughs> it's not yeah, really a punishment. Later, losers. That's like giving a, a, a suspension to a player who's about to retire. Who, who gives a damn? Well, I haven't. Uh, I haven't actually played too much. I was going to come back to it this weekend, but I've been I've been playing quite a bit. I've been with Call of Duty, uh, the new one. Oh, Warzone. <laughs> no, no. Well, that, I've been playing a lot of the, the uh, Black Ops Cold War, the actual new uh, game. Right, Warzone, okay. I, I haven't really bothered with too much, but. But yeah, I've been there. I can still do the other game modes on FIFA, just not Ultimate Team. Um, anyway, how's how's uh, lockdown life treating you? I feel like this is a question I ask every week, uh, every fortnight. But um, it's always nice to check up. It, it's treating me all right, to be honest. I mean, uh, the weather's quite lovely now in Warwick as we speak. 
Very sunny um, today, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, I've got a few friends living in Manchester. They had the uh, had the snow and the the floods a couple of days ago, and I was sat in it. Was like it was like it reminded me, of, you know, like Game of Thrones, where one half is it's all sunny down south, and the other half beyond the wall, it's all horrible and grim. It was like that. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Despite, um, despite only being a couple of days ride away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, no, it's all, it's all good. I mean, uh, I'm in unbelievable shape at the moment. I'm like, I'm like the Rock. Um, really? Oh God, it's it's. I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it because I, I, I'm an absolute animal. I could play first team for Warsaw at the moment. So I'm trying to say. Um, I mean, Daryl Clark gets to see you every week, mate, and yet you've still not I, I, been offered a contract. I'm not. I'm still waiting for the for the call to come in. Um, no, I've been. Yeah, I've been keeping on top. Of, I was talking to Judy about this the other the other week. I'm keeping on top of uh, of my January movements. Um, I've got, did a challenge. No, no cheat meals. No alcohol. Exercising every day. Doing doing big start. And I and I ran my first ever 10k the other on Sunday. What did you? How did you do? I did, um, but the longest I've ever done is five k, and I just jumped straight up to ten. It was uh, it was a bit of a jump, but I did it. I wanted to get under an hour, and yeah. I did it. I did it in fifty five minutes, so I was very happy with that. Oh, decent. That's a decent pace, mate. Decent pace. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, all going well, mate. How's lockdown treating you? Uh, yeah, fine. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's it's a position no one wants to be in. Um, but like yourself, I'm trying to you know do to do um, home workouts to, to keep myself in some kind of shape. Um, but frustratingly, because they've because by law they've closed all like the parks and stuff. I mean, I've, I've in terms of like you know the play areas and and basketball courts and football pitches and stuff. They're, they're technically closed. So I was I was I'm, I'm itching to be able to play basketball again. For those who who, who listen regularly, they probably know that I'm a basketball player. Um, but I, I can't do that at the moment. I'm, I'm, and it's an itch which is getting ever stronger, and I can't scratch it, and it's so frustrating. But obviously, until until things are, are better, I can't. I can't really be, can't really be uh, doing it. So it's it's frustrating, but I'm finding ways around it, um, which is which involves a lot of home workouts. I've managed to do a ridiculous amount of workouts with the equipment that I've got here, which is just two kettlebells. <laughs> that's pretty I mean kettlebells are quite good you know they, I, I don't use them as often as I should do I don't own any myself so I had to do them occasionally in the gym when they were open but uh, you know you can, you can get a decent uh, a decent sweat on with those <laughs> I don't know I mean, why I, I started laughing before I even said it <laughs> I still went through with it uh, yeah I can't wait for the gyms to reopen but until it's safe to do so of course always uh, say, better safe than sorry um, let's talk about Warsaw then shall we because we're seven minutes in now let's do it Okay, uh, so it's meant to be a really busy season, but I tell you what, the Saddlers had a bit of a break, uh, didn't they, before the last two fixtures? Yeah, I mean, you know, sitting back, uh, their feet up, um, picking up a handful of injuries. It's it's not exactly the break they were after. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's training on that four G. Mm. Simple as that. I mean, the the training pitches are, are taking a battering with the weather. Um, so they're training on the four G at the stadium, and um, and they've picked up injuries from it. So, yeah, I mean, some of them were not were not to do that. They can happen anywhere. Um, I think Rory Holden's one was like a bit of a, a bit of bad luck, but a couple of them are just yeah, not doing the players any favors. Um, and uh, and yeah, so they 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 come out of a of a time when you're looking at two weeks and you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be a perfect time to have a bit of a rest, come in rejuvenated, and they've come in with a handful of injuries. 
for a couple of key players. And um, but they have stopped the well, in, in Dowell's words, stopped the rot. They 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 have um, they had three games they lost in a row and now drawn two in a row. So and two that they could have got four to six points out of really as well. So. Um, there are positives and there are negatives. As always with Warsaw, it's, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, one, of, one of the league's draw specialists now, Warsaw, by the way. I mean, how many? I, I forget how many it is now. It's, it must be about, what, 30 draws this season? I mean, that's a ridiculous <laughs> amount. So I'll oh. tell you, they're joint, they're joint top in draws. And the other team, uh, Mansfield Town. Is Can it? Guess oh, how many? Oh, I was just about to say to you, Amini, because I just got the league table up in front of me as we were speaking. <laughs> so it's 11. Uh, 11 number league draws. That's a lot, is it? 11 in 24 games. Or well, Mansfield have 11 in 23, but that's a lot, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. But just mind you, you'd half. rather be drawing games than losing them. Yeah, um, I suppose, yeah. And that's exactly what they've they've done over the past two. We'll start with the Olden game, mate, because obviously that came, that came first. Walter won, Olden won. Got themselves ahead but couldn't quite hold on to the league, could they? No, it was, yeah. Um, it's been a, one of the stories of the season, really. Um, there's been there's been several narratives to go down, but one of them is is in games where they have gone ahead, they, they've struggled to, to keep hold of the points. There's been warning signs, I'll go right back to the very first league game of the season, the 1-0 win over Grimsby. Grimsby at the post in the 93rd minute. Uh, there were warning signs straight away because it... It gets into the latter stages of the game, uh, and the team drops so far back, and they're just defending two banks of four, um, mm. trying to trying to just stop the, the team from getting an opportunity. On this occasion, um, they were unable to um, against an Oldham team that are very good, got a very good away record, um, are actually a decent side, uh, even though they slipped down the slipped down the table in terms of their form. Um, obviously, Warsaw beat them in that away game. Um, but it's just disappointing to to have started pretty well, have a pretty good foothold in the game, not take a couple other chances, and then to to sit back and invite pressure on. Um, that's where the disappointment comes from because I think they, they they could have won that. And to be honest, it's almost a carbon copy of Tuesday as well against Morecambe. It was very very similar. Um, but taking the squeezing any positive we can out of it because we'll, we'll try and do that whenever possible. But um, yeah, they ha- they have stopped the run of defeats um and they've got games coming up that are that are certainly winnable uh, against teams they've they've, uh, they've got good records against um but yeah the older one was was one where you look at the stats itself 17 shots and four on target um you need to be more clinical in the actual efforts themselves in terms of actually getting them on target but then four on target to, to score one i mean i suppose it's not terrible but it's um more needed, I think, in front of goal. They're they're they they just getting back into the swing of things um, after what seems like a pretty disruptive two weeks off. Let alone uh, what what it was meant to be. Yeah, do you think that break? I mean, it's it's an awkward one because you can make arguments either either way with this one. Yeah, you know, you've suffered three defeats on the bounce. Do you want a bit of a break to to get back in and and maybe regroup, or do you want a game to come quickly so you still you've got the match sharpness and you can try and bounce back quickly? It's it's such a tough one, isn't it? Because like I said, you can make an argument either way. Yeah, I think if you went through the, the squad and asked them all individually, I think you'd probably get half one way, half the other, to be honest. Um, I think it, it comes down to sort of individual personalities and how, how, how they see it. But um, Darrell tends to be 
of the camp that he would prefer a game to come quick and, and to, to react and respond and, and, and to put, put it right. But with this specific one, obviously I didn't, I wasn't at the Carlisle game, but obviously I, I saw the comments afterwards and um, he specifically in that one, he, he said he actually thinks it's come at a good time to have a break, a bit of a reset. Uh, it's probably not the reset he wanted, as as again I say with the with the injuries. But mm. um, yeah, you can argue either way, really. Um, with the fix they've had, I, I would argue that having a bit of a break is a pretty pretty good thing, um, just to get a bit of well, yeah, just just a bit of rest, really. I mean, not even necessarily on the on on the training pitch, just to have a bit of a couple of days off. Um, I think I think is helpful, um, particularly when you've got Saturday Tuesday games back to back so regularly as well. Yeah, sure. Moving on to the next game, of course, Morecambe won, Walsall won. Um, treacherous conditions, Liam. <laughs> Big but, time. But even more treacherous decisions. I mean... Uh, what honestly, is the ref doing? Honestly, honestly. Um, yeah, in terms of the conditions, obviously, there were no fans there. It was a pretty rainy drive down. Got there, tweeted about the rain, and the rain seemed to stop as I tweeted about it, which was interesting. Um I don't want people to think I was lying about it, but then it obviously picked up again. It was windy, it was rainy, it was horrible. The pitch was a bog. It was um, it was tough. I implore any and fan who hasn't watched the highlights, by the way, to go onto Walsall's <laughs> YouTube. It is, I mean, you can barely make the players out. Bless them. They must have all got in, like got in, uh, got in after the game, and they must have been like absolute, like sodden and wet. It was. Oh yeah. Honestly, it looked horrendous. I think the the people watching on iFollow were saying that the the cameraman was having to to wipe his screen throughout the game because it was uh it, it was all fogging up and yeah it was bad. I mean, speaking to Josh Gordon after the game, he was sat there, um, and uh, he said that once they'd come off the pitch and went into the showers, the showers were cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he and he was sat there in the interview shivering because he would just come out of a cold pitch into a cold shower to come sit outside in the cold again to speak to us. Uh, I felt quite sorry for him actually, um, but yeah, as you say, the uh, the referee and Graham, you know what? I feel bad at times because I understand that referee. I've got a friend who's a referee, um, not at league level, but at a pretty good level, um, and I know how difficult the job it is. Um, I've by no means underestimating the difficulty of it, but when you're at League Two level, um, and, and what I was going to say actually with that is that I don't always want to pile on to a referee, and but I mean you can find his name anyway. So it was Graham Salisbury who was the referee the other day. I don't want to pile on and give him a load of grief and all that, but for me, I, it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen. Genuinely, um, funny enough, my mate who's a referee actually said that he's seen him cover uh, an Albion game he's an Albion West Brom fan and uh, he said he was awful then as well so um, but this is League 2 football you cannot this is this is the football league there are certain standards I think that need to be mm. need to be met at a bare minimum um, and it just wasn't there and it wasn't just from Graham Salisbury either it was from both of his assistants um, who unfortunately I don't have the names for um, but it started off with little things. It was um, there, there was one right in front of the the, the where I was sat in, in like the overflow stand. Um, there was one one right and right from the dugouts as well, where Matt Sadler has gone to clear the ball mid air, and it's sort of he, he, a player Morgan players jumped up at the same time, and it's taken a double ricochet, but it's come off the Morgan player quite 
clearly come off the Morecambe player, gone out. Mm. Um, the linesman has given it to Warsaw as a Warsaw free kick. And Graham Salisbury, who's not actually close to the action, hasn't got the right angle or anything, gives it the other way. Um, I mean, and then they actually had a chance on that, which they, they did score from, but it was an opportunity. Dow was going absolutely bonkers on the sidelines. Um, even though it's just a throw-in, a small thing like that has caused an opportunity for Morecambe, could have resulted in a goal. Uh, but he's overridden a, his assistant, who's got a better view of it. And, and not only that, it was a fairly obvious decision. Um, yeah. it, it, wasn't, it wouldn't even even been a talking point had, had it just been gone the right way. Um, but it wasn't just Warsaw that I've been affected by by no means. I know I'm the Warsaw reporter and it's going to be, uh, I want the, the club to do well, but by no means am I saying that he, he was harsh on Warsaw. He was harsh to both teams, which I'll come on to uh, the penalty decision in a second. But there was a um, another one as well where um, the, uh, Warsaw, uh, sorry, Morecambe player has looped the ball into the box. Uh, it's taken a flick off a Morecambe player's head who's not got no Warsaw players around him or, or particularly close to him. Uh, and it's gone straight out for a goal kick, and he's given a corner. Um, I, I mean, it, it was it couldn't have been more obvious that it was that it was a that it was a goal kick. It couldn't have been. I mean, it was unbelievably obvious. Now, in my take on this, I'm interested to see what you think as well. Is the Warsaw players are going mad? Dow's going mad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the referee changes his mind after about. 15, 20 seconds of the player everyone going mad and him sort of standing there. He then changes his mind and gives a goal kick. Yeah. Now, although I, in some ways I can applaud a referee changes his mind when he when he's made a, the wrong decision, you also have to be wary, I think, of the, the signal he then gives out of changing his mind. Yeah, because. I mean... For me, it's... the players then are just going to take every single liberty with him they possibly can. And for me, he lost control of the game at that point. Yeah, I've seen I've seen games where referees have lost control, and it it goes from League Two all the way up to the Premier League. It happens everywhere. It, of course, it happens less often in the Premier League and the Championship. Um, but the key with that kind of thing is the length of time. It takes for you to make, to to change yeah, that decision. I, I agree. If it's an instant decision, where say the line the lines or the referee's assistant, I should say, says to him, "I mean, you've balls that up, mate," and then within you know five ten seconds, he's like, "Apologies, my bad, linesman. I spoke to my my referee's assistant. Change decision." But when it's, I've made this decision. Oh my god! All these players are running at me, all shouting at me. I'm not going to speak to my assistant. I don't know whether he did or didn't. I, I, I yeah, I agree. I think that the time there it doesn't he doesn't look good. It um, then portrays to the players that oh, if I throw my arms up yeah. and we we surround the referee, he'll change his mind. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, in in Warsaw's case, it it was a benefit in that very small instance because they obviously the corner hasn't been given and we've also got a goal kick. But and obviously had the corner been given and Morecambe had scored from it, he, it's almost a lose lose really for the referee because we then be talking about that. But in some ways, I think that the, the referee should own it in that instance and then realize and then and then make and ensure that he doesn't make the same mistake again. But to then to so publicly change his mind and he looked bewildered on the pitch. He, he stood there, didn't know what to say or do. Then just gave a goal kick and carried on. 
he didn't give the right message to me. And then we come on to um, the two penalty decisions. Um, I was the opposite side of the pitch to the like diagonally opposite, so I couldn't have been further away from where the camera Norman went down. Yeah, and I could see it was a penalty. It was fairly. I mean, I was, I was slightly higher up in the stand. I don't know whether that might have helped, but I could, I could clearly see that he was in the box. It was he was a yard inside the box. Um, now this one isn't necessarily the referee's fault. The the assistant, which Darrell actually said after the game quite rightly, but the assistant is 12, 10, 12 yards away from that. Um, and I, I can't understand how he hasn't seen it. So for me, it's, that isn't the referee, that's the assistant, but they've given a free kick. I mean, Norman was so beside himself trying to convince them that it was a penalty that he was he was showing them the line of where he, where the tackle had come in and in, in the turf and where he'd gone down and yeah. showing them it was inside the box. I mean, it was so obvious. Uh, that was at 1-0. Um if they score that, if it's a big if, because Warsaw's penalties have been pretty shoddy this season, but yeah. um, if they score that, you would like to think they go on and win that game. Then Morecambe come on, get an equaliser in the 80th minute. Um, it was very similar again to the Oldham game where Morecambe were, sorry, where Warsaw were sitting back and inviting a bit of pressure and Morecambe were getting a few opportunities and in that sense, again, disappointing. Um, but then it's, for me, it's a stonewall Morecambe penalty as well in the, I don't know what it was, 86 minutes, something like that. Um, a bit of a sort of mess up at the back. Uh, ball comes through. I think it was Lee. No, it was uh, it was Will Dig. Sorry, um, for for Morecambe takes a, a touch into the box with the ball. He's well within the box as well. It's not anywhere near any of the lines. He's well within the box. And as he's coming through on goal, I think I'm pretty sure it was Dan Scott gave him a little tug on his shirt back. And to Will Dig's credit, he didn't go down and he tried to get a shot off, which was saved or blocked whatever it was and um, had he gone down I think perhaps the referee may have given it but even with him not going down it was a stonewall penalty it was such a clear penalty the issue with that because I I mean I've I've seen it back is that he doesn't do himself any favours I think you've got to sell a foul to a referee and whether you like it or not you've got to go down and the fact that he stays up I don't yeah, think this is yeah. right, by the way, and gets his shot away. The referee's arguing, well, you've kind of fought through the contact. You've fought you've dealt with that and you've you've had your chance on goal. And I don't I don't think it's the right way to do it. I think if, if it's a foul, it's a foul and we've we've seen that again across the leagues. But nowadays it seems like a player's gotta go down for, for him to, to, to convince the referee. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he's he's not helped his his penalty case by by staying on his feet. And, and credit to him for trying to get an opportunity away and, and not. It, but it wouldn't have been a dive anyway because he was pulled back. I mean, it, I was going to say he didn't dive, but it wouldn't have been a dive. It was a penalty. But um, for me, the assistant hasn't uh, has missed it. Um, I think they gave. Uh, I think it was a corner from from the save. The, the referee gave the corner, and Derek Adams, the Morgan manager, went. I, I think that might be the... <laughs> I mean, Dowell has a few moments on the sidelines, but that might be the most visceral reaction I've seen to a decision from a manager. Mm. Um, he's He was on the far... Uh, this was on the right-hand side, and he was on the far left dugout, and he ran across his dugout, ran across Warsaw's dugout, onto the corner um, of their dugout, kicking bottles and screaming in a very broad Scottish voice that it was a penalty. Um, then get sent off, but um, and the, and the referee went and spoke to the assistants. Well, it took us a moment to go speak to the 
assistant. And I said to the people uh, people around me, the Sam at Warsaw, I said they're going to overturn this as a penalty because there's no way that they can't not not give a penalty. And they didn't give it. They gave it. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was it was a stone wall penalty for me. Um, so it's not just that he's affected Warsaw. He's affected both sides. Um, and for me, standards have to be higher at League Two level. Uh, I I really don't think. And I, I, in all fairness to Darrell, he, he, he's done this a few times, actually. I've never really known him to criticise officials very much. He's always said to them, look, it's a hard job, blah, 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 and then sort of given his opinion on the on, on, on the incident. Um, but I said to him in my question um, about it, I said, although no official deliberately makes mistakes, surely, surely the standard of officiating in League 2 has to be better than that. Uh, I, I was actually, I could not believe how poor it was throughout the game. It was just, there was no control. It was very small decisions, very bewildered, didn't really have any uh, any grasp on, on the fixture at all. And um, yeah, for, for, for experienced officials as well, it was, yeah, it was poor. One thing I'll say, mate, playing devil's advocate, we talked about how bad the conditions were. Do you have to give the referee a little bit more leeway when they're refereeing a game like that because I mean you'll you'll know it yourself I mean you were covering the game it's harder to see things when the weather's that bad I would say yes if the weather was worse than what it was it was it wasn't bad enough for him to not see something that's 10 yards away it wasn't there weren't there wasn't covered in snow there wasn't there wasn't fog covering it. No, no. I I take the point if the, if the weather was worse than what it was. But in, uh, in in that same vein, do I if I write a match report with twenty spelling errors because it was a bit cold, do I get do I get let off? No, I get. I'd maybe I'd, I'd maybe give you two spelling errors. In <laughs> I get I get I get I get uh, I get called in and told to put my ideas up. So, um, yeah, I, t- I I take the point if the weather was worse than what it was. But for me. Although it wasn't nice, it wasn't it wasn't bad enough to for that. I don't think. Fair enough. For one last thing, going back to the to like you know overturning a decision. Do you think this is where something where I mean I'm not saying VAR is going to get introduced in the lower leagues because it's you know it's a lot of money to to do that, and there are question marks over its use. When do you feel that VAR being set up the way it is? does benefit referees in that respect, whereas, you know, you have players running at you trying to overturn a decision, whereas with VAR, you know, the good thing about having people at Stockley Park is that they can't be affected by stuff like that. Yeah, they can't, and they still make the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not saying they've got the decision right. <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's... Um, I think it helps the officials on the pitch as well in the sense that they, they don't... I mean, it still happens, but they don't necessarily get as bombarded about decisions because they have the excuse to say, "Well, look, they're they're looking at it, so don't don't look at me. They're, there's someone else who's who's taking responsibility for it." Mm. Um, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, never going to come in, but is there anything that can come in at League Two level that's going to make any difference whatsoever? Um, I'd say no, because you, the money that's needed to input the technology at all these different grounds. Uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, uh, teams are coming from the National League, so Barrow and Harrogate. Then uh, Warsaw's got a good ground for League Two, but Barrow, I've not been to Harrogate to be fair, but Barrow, they, they're they not going to be able to 
put in the kind of technology that's needed to, to mm. make even the slightest of something similar to, to VAR. So, um, uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't like VAR anyway, so I actually quite like it not being there. Um, but I, I don't know, can, can there be any way that they can, that something could be introduced, a rule or, or something that could be introduced? I, I was thinking of something along the lines of, um, of like a... Oh, What's the what's the word in tennis where they like challenge? A challenge. Is it, is it that's what it's called? Is it? I, I was trying to think then. I mean, you yeah. just said the word, mate. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was the word for some reason. I quite like tennis as well. Um, yeah, I think something along those lines. But then that that comes in with technology, doesn't it? Because they they then go back and look at Hawkeye or whatever it is they use to 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 check the line and where the ball's bounced. So they can have a challenge, but who are they going to challenge it with? Are they just going to stand there and argue? They've got nothing to compare it against. Mm. Um, as much as I think the officiating in League 2 overall is not particularly great, um, Tuesday was an outlier, really, in how in how poor it was. I, there aren't many that are as poor as that. Um, so I th- if I'm honest, I don't think there's much they can do or necessarily should do to, to make any changes at this stage. Mm. Fair enough. Um I tell you what, Josh Gordon's goal was a bit of an interesting one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's first of all the build-up play was really nice. Um, Nolan, who actually I'll come on to after after this point, um, Nolan plays a very, just a nice but simple pass down the wing to to Adebayo, who whips in a perfect ball across goal. He's got the perfect uh, whip on it, speed, everything, just to get in front of the defender and right. To Josh arriving at the the back post, uh, slides in and the keeper makes a good save. To be to be fair to him, um, off onto the post and he's just very lucky that it bounces right back to him. And he sort of salmon throws himself at it <laughs> um, about two yards off the line to, to get it in. But um, a bit of luck, definitely a slice of luck, um, but a very very well worked goal. Um, in, in all fairness, um, and and Warsaw have shown that the last couple of games they, they've taken. They've done some nice build-up play, taken some chances very nicely. Um, they have looked, I wouldn't say 100% going forward, but they have looked um, with the introduction, uh, introduction sorry, of, uh, of Nolan like they have a bit more about them. Um, and then they're making mistakes at the back end uh, and conceding. Um, but yeah, as I said with Nolan, I wanted to mention him. Um, uh, you reminded me actually about that uh, by mentioning the goal. Yeah. Um, the Oldham game, he came in um, and... He had a very good game, uh, 65 minutes. It was, a, it was a surprise that he came in because Darrell spoke after the game about it and he's, I've asked him about it in the past. And basically, Jack came in in the summer, overweight. Um, they needed to work on his fitness, getting back up to fitness levels. They brought him in um, for some EFR trophy games and he, I think he started two of them uh, and he was pretty poor in both. Um, and... And basically, hadn't taken his opportunity. He made a few sub appearances in League Two, but talked five, ten minutes here and there, and not done much. So it was a bit of a shock to see him start. Um, and he came in and did very well. Um, his set piece delivery is good from corners, uh, free kicks, uh, particularly with Rory Holden being missing. That, that's a big thing because they they um, mm. they miss his set pieces. Um, but he was whipping balls in. Um, he was not afraid to sort of get his head up and, and, and run out a defender as well, which is something they've not really had as much on the on, on the right wing um, for pretty much all of Daryl Clark's uh, time as manager. Um, and he just offered something a bit different. 
Um, so it was a very good start. You're then thinking, right, it'd be great if he can keep his place with Morecambe. He did. Played 65 minutes again. Um, comes in. And for me, uh, they've made a tactical switch with Warsaw Lab. They brought Wes McDonald inside and Josh went out on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where actually the goal came from because obviously Josh came in from the left uh, to, to slide in and score. So uh, the reason, uh, one, of, one of the reasons being for that is that the, the, the conditions and the weather um, Wes, it tends to be better when the conditions and the weather are poor. It tends to be better inside where he's having fewer touches on the ball, um, mm. and he can and he can let one or two passes go off quickly, sort of spinning behind, get into pocket of space. Uh, when he gets the ball on the wing and he's sort of trying to get to the byline, or he's trying to take two or three players on when the conditions are poor, weather's um, uh, pitch is poor, he doesn't tend to be as effective. So they brought him inside. Um, the first time he started actually in that position, he's, he's gone into there that position during games at times, but the first time starting there. Um, and on the other wing with Nolan, the conditions being poor, etc., etc., it was difficult for him to run with the ball and, and, and to have long spells of time with it. But what, what he was doing was showing something different in his game, um, was showing some really lovely creative passing. There was one reverse pass sort of back in on himself um, for Wes McDonald, which put him through on goal. Uh, he sliced that shot, unfortunately. Uh, the one for Adebayo down the wing, which was simple, but it was it was effective. Um, so that creativity and those little sort of uh, small phases of play and those small passes, the short passes that he was making, um, were not to the level of Rory Holden, because he's obviously a very good player and mm. known as a young lad, but it was reminiscent of that kind of creativity and that kind of... Uh, that kind of seeing the game uh, in, in front of him uh, as, as a bit of a canvas. Um, so... So that was really promising as well because it was it was a totally different style to what he played against Oldham and he and he adapted to the weather and the conditions and and uh, and he did it. Perhaps he wasn't quite as effective as the Oldham game because of the conditions, um, but those two or three little things they did sort of showed another good side of him and uh, another pretty solid performance. He, in the end, he came off because the wind was against him. He was getting sort of bombarded down the side and they brought Norman on uh, as a bit of a defensive shore-up. Um, but mm. yeah, he, he he's done himself... Uh, he's done himself a really, done him, I can't, I'm trying to get my words out. He's done a really good job, basically. He's done himself yeah. favors in getting himself back into contention because he was way out of it. Um, and then also to mention that he did the press conference this morning uh, yeah. for the for the game tomorrow. Um, I've only spoken to Jack once. He did. He signed in the January last year, uh, and I spoke to him around the March time, beginning of. Uh, in the lockdown, did like a a feature with him uh, over the phone, mm-hmm. um, and that's the only time I've spoken to him. He's never done any post match or pre match interviews because he's been very sparsely used. Um, but speak to him today. He's an excellent, excellent talker. I think the fans will really, really will take to him when they when they hear more from him because. Uh, and they have taken to him quite well, actually, because they're quite pleased with his performances in the last couple of games. But he's a really, really good talker. For a 19-year-old lad, he's moved further away from home again. Uh, he, he was, he's originally from Portsmouth, I believe, and he moved to Reading for the for his first move and then has come to Warsaw. So he's moved further away again. He's living with a couple lads. He's living with Holden and, and Nurse. Um, and he admitted speaking to me, which I'll, I'll do a bit about it in the coming days, that he... he, so he struggling with confidence and uh, he sort of had to get himself back in back in shape and everything and um, I think his honesty and the way he approached it uh, I think fans will really 
take to him. Um, so he's done himself favours in that aspect as well. Um, and he's just just a nice just a nice lad. It, so it was, it was nice to see that as well. So um, yeah, uh, there's a few signings that have come in. Um, so he's going to have competition, um, particularly when players come back from injury as well. So I, I hope he uh, I hope he sticks at it because he's um, he could be a good player for Warsaw. Yeah, fantastic turnaround for him. And and you just kind of mentioned it there, and we'll segue straight to it, Liam. Let's let's discuss some of the signings that have come in because. You know, it is January and, and, and people want to see signings. The latest one, of course, being uh, Frank Vincent. Yes. Um, so with Vincent, uh, he's been described by Daryl as an attacking number eight. Um, he has played uh, he has played a slightly deeper at times for Scunthorpe on loan. Um, but he, speaking to Daryl about him in the press conference as well, he, he's come, he, he comes in as a creative type uh, that they want. Um, not totally similar to Holden, but um, there are similarities there. Uh, and yeah, they, they want a, a player who can play in a three or a two in midfield, which he can, and to, to be able to drive forward with the ball and, and, and sort of make things happen. Um, mm. That's the idea behind him. He had injury issues at Scunthorpe, only played, I think was it was eight times at Scunthorpe, first half of the season, had a few injury issues and Stuff like that, but he he went for a spell in September and October where he was starting regularly for them. So um, so yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I asked Daryl as well actually in the press conference whether his signing was uh, with a view that Danny Guthrie was going to be injured for a while because we we we've had a, a few small details about his injury. We don't know what it is. All we know is that it's going to be a while. Um, and he said that no, essentially they were. They had a, an idea of that kind of player they wanted to bring in anyway. Um, so so yeah, it, it seems um, with Holden being out until sort of mid to late Feb at the earliest, it seems like um, a good signing uh, in the sense that if he can if he can add a bit more creativity to the midfield, which they, they lack at times, then it, then it will be a good one. Um, and then obviously they also got in Jaden Reed uh, from Birmingham. Um, yeah, two, two loanies, each from you know big from big second city rivals. Yes, yes. Uh, right as well. Yeah, obviously, yeah, coming from Villa. So, uh, with, with Reed, he played 12 times on loan at Barrow, his first loan. He's 19. Uh, didn't score in those 12 games, but sort of picked up experience. And, and, and Darrell seems pretty optimistic about him. He seems like it's a good bit of business to have him because he's already had a lead two games. Um, and that, for, for Darrell, that, that counts for a lot. Um, he wants he wants players to have as much experience as he possibly can. They they wanted to strengthen more in this window than, than they could do, um, but obviously because of the financial situation it was difficult. Um, and uh, and yes, yeah, so we had a bit of uh, a bit of added uh, competition up front um, because as it stands at the moment, Gordon is being largely used as a as a, as a striker. I know he obviously played on the left against Morecambe, but he's he's being more used centrally rather than the right, uh, particularly with Nolan. Sort of getting a few games and right is going to get a game eventually. So, um, so hopefully with him being back in, I suppose, more natural position and players coming through on the right, a couple of loans in, uh, the team hopefully will have a bit more balance to it, which I think is something they've, they've lacked, particularly, particularly on the right wing for, for quite a while. That's it. Um, let's get on to questions and we're going to cover one of the, of, you know, the big topics here uh, with our first one and it comes from Vital Warsaw. Good friend of the podcast, of course. Yes, should good uh, Elijah Adebayo be sold? Money talks, and he could easily go in the summer uh, for free if not. Uh, but he is our starting starting striker. It's an interesting situation, isn't it, around Adebayo? 
Yes. So just to sum up the situation around him, first of all, um, Hearts approached Warsaw about his availability. Um, they want him. They want a striker. Um, Warsaw very uh, so yeah. The story I put out essentially said that Warsaw were um, very much targeting promotion, and I did get one guy tweeting me saying, "Oh, well, that's not true." Blah blah. So, uh, basically, the club don't want to sound their best players because they still want promotion this season. That's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. And they're, at the moment, are standing firm in keeping hold of Adebayo. Um, I will have a story from the press conference today coming out this evening, which I won't say what it is as not to ruin the story, but I will say to anyone listening to keep an eye out for it. It is an update on Adebayo's situation. Um, but as it stands... Your little tease. I know, I know. I, I, I don't want to say what... It, I would love to say what it is, but I, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to ruin the story coming out a bit later. Um, so, and I, just a, a little bit of a tease that... that is a bit more information. Darrell was also rather unhappy with Hearts, but I will, I will, I'll, I'll go into that in, in the story later this evening. But um, yeah, the, the fact is that Warsaw still targeting promotion. They don't want their best players to go. He's out of contract in the summer, but they're not going to be forced into selling him. Um, but there's always the caveat with the club and with and Darrell said it several times himself that every player has a price. Um, if the right money is offered, particularly in the financial situation, it's not a given that he's not going to go for certain but as it stands they are standing firm with him and yeah are pretty pretty uh are pretty keen on keeping hold of him for obvious reasons he's had a very good season he's a first choice striker um he's come on leaps and bounds in his development uh and he's still young so for all the reasons above they want to keep hold of him um did vital in that tweet did they mention something about a bosman or was that a separate tweet yeah, so he said, would we get any Bosman money, obviously, yeah, due, I meant, to, due I, to his age? I don't think that's actually the right wording. I may be wrong, because I, I know that Bosman's to do with a player being able to negotiate with another club when their contract's out, in this, et cetera, in like a certain amount of time or whatever. I, yeah. Forgive me if I'm wrong, Vital might be bang on, I, I, I might be getting confused. But essentially, uh, he's under 24, so I will read the a little extract that I plucked up here of the uh, of what the rule is so where a professional player under the age of 24 has been offered a new contract by his club subject to certain requirements uh, that the offer must meet uh, via football league rules um, and he rejects that offer in order to take up the opportunity to sign for another club compensation will be payable so provided that Walsall offer him a contract that is uh, set to the rules that are, that are uh, rule 64.3 of the football league rules uh, and he rejects it to sign for Hearts in the summer, then Warsaw will be due some sort of compensation. That that is correct. So um, so yeah, there's a lot of variables to this. There's a lot of um, ifs, buts, and maybes at the moment. But uh, as I said, there will be a big update on this tonight. Uh, so yes, keep your eyes and ears peeled, people. Uh, yeah, certainly an interesting situation and one which might rattle on. Um, Ron Pickering, uh, with the law of averages, can we keep making defensive errors and missing vital chances? Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, very simply, no. Um, not if they not if they want to go up anyway. Not if they want to go up. No. Um, I, I'm also not going to be dragged into anything below them. I, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, and they're still within touching distance, touching. Uh, yeah, of the of the. The playoffs, they, I, I've said this, and I still say it. I think the squad is very much capable of reaching the playoffs this season. I think injuries have been a, a, a big hamper for them, um, but 
I think it's in there. What I'm consist, what I'm concerned of rather is the consistency. Um, and there are those those small errors that come in and out, and those chances don't get taken. I mean, at Morecambe as well, I didn't mention that Adebayo had a big chance one on one at one 0 before the the first penalty incident or non penalty incident. Um, mm. If he took if he took that away two 0 then that's probably the game over as well. Um, so they, there are there are very um, small fine details uh, of a game that at the moment swing either for or against Warsaw, um, and then. And it's been the story of the season for most of the time in that they don't, they haven't taken the bull by the horns in many games and been able to to kill teams off. There's many games that they've drawn that they should have won, um, and it's been largely because they have either conceded first and come back, or they've scored first and sat back and allowed the other team to to, to attack. So, um, uh, where the answer to that lies, I, I I do think it's possibly lies in having having all their, their best players on the pitch at the same time. Because uh, obviously Josh was injured for a while, now Rory's injured. Um, a couple of the, uh, James Clark is out. For me, he'd probably be a, he'd be a starter at centre-half. So there's um, that, that that's a big part of it. Um, but it's the consistency is, is the problem. Teams that go up from League 2 get consistent results. Um, many teams get consistent results through the course of the season. But the... the Three that get promoted automatically will have a run of seven games where they'll lose one, I know, win three or four, draw a couple. Uh, and that's consistent every... You can look at a cycle of seven games, it will be consistent throughout. So mm-hmm. um, that's where Walsh will need to, need to pick it up. They're, they're a very... I said this before, they're a very streaky team in that they, they go on runs of wins and losses and draws. Uh, they won on a winning run of four games. They lost three games in a row. They're now drawn two games in a row. It wouldn't surprise me to see them draw again and then go on another run of winning or losses. And at the moment, they need to get out of that habit um, and just killing killing teams off. But no, if they want to go up, they can't afford it for much longer. Um, but they've had experience of going into the second half of the season already and having improved. Uh, they did that last year, so there is hope. There is hope yet. <laughs> yeah, just need to extend those good runs and try and limit those bad ones, don't they? Um... Paul Blagrove. Uh, Luke putting in some hours this week. He's done three club pods this week. Uh, yeah, that's true. What was, the, what was the, the third one? It was I you, Albion. Wolves. You did Wolves, did you? I did Baggies. I didn't even no, think you did Wolves. Cup. Of course, Judah's off this week. I, I didn't even notice that you didn't. Look at you getting these, you got your fingers all the different pies over here to get oh, yourself mate, around. To tell me about it. Just adding <laughs> another string to my bow. And obviously, it goes without saying that. I and the Warsaw lot are your sort of your preferred destination. Um, I love all so. my children equally. <laughs> all of my children equally. Yes, don't tell Massey that. Uh, yeah, I'll keep that one quiet, despite putting it on a completely public podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Neil Hemmingsley, uh, I believe that us not getting promotion this season could be a blessing in disguise. As you know, promotions are few and far between, and I'd much rather have a promotion season with fans in attendance. How do you feel about this? It's an interesting point because mm. you saw with Liverpool last season, they won the Premier League, no fans there. And now they don't look like winning it at the moment, do they? No. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting point. I mean, would you, if, you, if you asked, would you take promotion or not take promotion this season? You'd obviously, the answer would be, would you you'd take promotion? But it's a very interesting point because it, it, I imagine how 
good it would be with the fans. I mean, the atmosphere would be excellent. Um, and I also do think there have been several games this season that if Wolves had fans, then perhaps they would have got different results. I think there's a few draws and perhaps one or two losses they had where at a time when they're in the ascendancy, the, the crowd would have pushed them on to a different result in. So I think they've I think they have been hampered by that. Now that is obviously speculation because there's no way of quantifying whether that would have happened or not. But I, I do believe that the fans have a have a big influence on 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 the squad. Um, mm. So so yeah, it's um, if you're saying would I say no to promotion this season with the hope that you get it, you, you'd say no because you, if you got the opportunity to get it this season, you obviously take it. Um, but what I if you ask me would what would I prefer a season going up with fans or without you'd obviously say with so it's a yeah it's a, it's an interesting dilemma that one yeah um gary gary or gaz watts has there been any news regarding the players out of contract signing extensions especially with the news of us turning down an approach for elijah yes so obviously consent and bates signed theirs they were two that are out of contract there's a a big chunk of the squad uh that are out of contract in the summer um a very big chunk, um, and as has been said uh, by Daryl several times, uh, there are negotiations ongoing and have been for a while with with a few of them. So, um, yeah, I, I won't go into that too much because there might be a little bit of news, um, with something I've already mentioned. But um, yeah, there are there are there are talks. I'll leave it at that. Now. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Jamie <laughs> Simner, uh, are the playoffs a realistic aim? Tough. That is tough. Because um, you look at Walsall's position now, 24 games played, 32 points. Yeah, they're not a million miles away from them playoff spaces. What, five points? Five, yeah. I mean, it's, the teams have got a game in hand on them as well, but so even if that's maximum eight, uh, obviously they were better off before these two draws, because they were only sort of four or five points off uh, without the games in hand and that. But it's one of them, yeah. Um, you say, is it a realistic game for... So for a club, my Warsaw, the squad they've got, I think yes. Is it realistic they're going to get it at this stage now? Um, I'd say it really does hang in the balance. It's 50-50 now. Mm. Uh, there's some weeks I see them, or some, some even halves of a game I see them, and I think they, they they really can push for it. And then another half of a game or another game in 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 in, uh, in itself that they that they don't look like it. So um, yeah, it, it really does hang in the balance. I I think the board and the club are still very much aiming for that and are very much targeting promotion. Um, and anything can happen in in a short space of time in League Two. So I do think that. You go on a run of two or three wins again, you're right back in that picture again. So I, I think for now, that I wouldn't give up hope on it. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily bet the house it's going to happen. I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, it is in the balance, isn't it? Dan asks, what do you make of the recent signings? Being young lads who are very inexperienced, are we just stopping the pathway of our own youngsters? Interesting one, because I always think it's a bit strange when... when with signings like this because you could argue that but at the same time if he settles in and, and does a good job and then maybe their parent club decides not to to renew their contracts be it at the end of the season or you know in a season's time whenever their contract might be up then you could argue that well potentially we could try and make this player you know a permanent signing at some point yeah um 
Obviously, depend on finances and, and yeah. Like I think well, with Scrimshaw leaving, they needed another striker option yeah. um, for the squad. So that's Jaden Reed comes comes in. Um, so with him specifically, um, I think having a player coming with the financial situation was the real and the realistic targets they've got. I think having a player come in has got a bit of league two experience. Same goes for Vincent. Uh, I think is is good. Um, we have to remember they they haven't blown away that the other club they're on loan at, or, or they would have still be there. Um, they haven't they haven't pulled up any trees, um, but they are young uh, and getting experience. So um, so there is pros and cons. Um, I do think, if I'm honest, that I think the Warsaw backroom team the last two seasons have got a pretty good record of developing a few young lads as well. You look mm. at Adebayo and Holden are two very, very big examples of players that came in very raw, got a lot of criticism, and are now regular first team. Well, well, when fit, are regular first team players that, that perform week in week out. So they've got a good track record of improving players. Um, it's an interesting note about hampering the development of some of the younger lads. Um, I think with Tori Wright. That isn't really the case because Jack Nolan's only just come into the team. They don't really have any right wingers because Josh Gordon has been playing out there at times. Um, so I think Wright comes in as a good sort of uh, competition um, for uh, for Nolan and, and sort of the other attacking players. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see them bring in a midfielder, to be honest, in Frank Vincent. In that, mm. um, obviously, Danny Guthrie's injured. We don't know how long it's for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but Stuart Sinclair, I thought at Morecambe the other night, I thought he had a very good game. Um, Liam Kinsella has been my player of the season so far. Uh, I think he's been absolutely superb. Uh, Alfie Bates has had a very good season as well. Um, they all offer something different. I mean, Sinclair and Kinsella are relatively similar, but they offer sort of different characteristics, I suppose, particularly when you compare Bates to them too. Um, and then you look at the formations that Walsall play. Um, if they play a 4 one they obviously want Holden in behind or whoever it is, an attacking player. Um Osadibi is a player that they believe suits the number 10 role better, but he's been playing out on the wing, he's been played number 10, hasn't really, particularly the last few months, hasn't really done it at all. Um, he has played sort of back end of November, December time, he has played sort of a, a number eight role, which I know Daryl also sees him as that as a possibility uh, in, in, a, in a three in midfield. Um, so with him as an option, you've got Kinsella, Bates, Sinclair, Guthrie to come back from injury. Um, and then you've got the young lad, Sam Perry, coming through, who's, uh, who's 19. I was a little bit surprised to see another midfielder signed um, because I'd have liked to have seen Sam Perry given an opportunity. Uh, he's been on the bench last two games, hasn't been able to come on. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Now, I suppose the reasoning that the Dowell has given is that Vincent is, a, as I've already said, he gives a, a creative option going forward, which I suppose is different to, to the other players and more similar to Holden. Holden, also bear in mind, has played in central midfield at times this season before his injury, although he is primarily number 10. Yeah. Um, so although that creativity is, if it, if, it, if it comes through, he plays well, does well, um, doesn't get injured, this, this is talking about Vincent, um, then obviously that's going to be an, an added bonus having more creativity in the side. But, yeah, I, I, I think it would have been nice to have seen Sam Perry, who is more of a holding midfielder. It would have been nice to have seen him be, being given one or two opportunities more, which I fear now that that may not come uh, with Vincent coming into the side and potentially 
got to be back for in June. Can't be, who knows how long? So, um, but if you look at the here and now, um, what do they need? They need a player who's got a bit more league experience or a nineteen-year-old, um, a player who's got creativity or a holding player. They probably need the player that that fits the mould of Vincent more than they need Sam Perry role. So, if yeah. you're talking about the here and now and not the future, then potentially it could be a it could be a good move. Decent. Um, right, let's look ahead. Uh, Port Vale away tomorrow. Uh, proper mid-table scrap this one. 12-15th. Warsaw need to start finding wins if they do have realistic playoff ambitions. Can they get one uh, against Port Vale? Well, every they seem to play Port Vale and they seem to beat them pretty consistently. Um yeah, why not? <laughs> it's a, it's a funny thing with Port Vale because they're a they're a side that almost flattered to, to deceive at times in that they've got a good squad. Um, they're tipped to do well every year, and then they go on, uh, and then this year they've gone on another poor run and done and done pretty poorly. Um, they obviously saw, sacked John Askey. Um, then had the caretaker manager uh, who's got COVID. Actually, he's not going to be on the sidelines for this game, so they're going to have his assistant on the sidelines. Um, but he's they've given them a little bit of a resurgence. They've got a couple of results the last couple of games. They've got to win the draw, so um, they are slightly more on the up. Um, but it's a game that Warsaw would look at it and think this is a more than winnable game. Um, and particularly when you look at a team that Port Vale on the same games as them are what three points off them. Mm-hmm. You don't want and they're and they're fifteenth, Warsaw twelfth. You don't want a team in fifteenth behind you to be able to catch you like that. And then the, the gap to shorten behind you, you want to be shortening the gap above you. So it's the kind of game they need to go and win. Um, look at the recent results, Port Vale, the 4-3 in December, which was an incredible game that they yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, cracker. Um, they drew 2-2 at home against them back end of last season. Um, they won 1-0 away last season at Port Vale and Abayo got a goal. So... They've had good recent results. I think the last three games away at, away at Port Vale as well, they've won all three. Um, obviously, the one I just mentioned, the 1-0. But then I think in a few seasons back, I think they won 5-0 back-to-back away games there, something like that. Yeah. Um, so they've got a good decent... Uh, they've got a good uh, recent, sorry, record against uh, against Port Vale. Um, and in a, t- in a side that's potentially going to be disturbed a little bit by the, um, by the COVID situation with their manager or caretaker manager. Um, and also... The fact that they haven't they haven't got a new manager in permanently, and they, you know, they're a little bit all over the place at, at one point. Um, potentially, it could work in Warsaw's favour. Similarly, they um, they've had a bit of a rest. They didn't have a midweek game, whereas obviously Warsaw were at Morecambe, um, which could play in their favour. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a very tight one. I I imagine Warsaw to go there with the idea of, I wouldn't say setting up shop to to try and get a narrow win or a draw, but I think being very tight in the opening stages and, and make it difficult for Port Vale to play because they've got good attacking players, particularly on the wings, Port Vale. They, they tend to play 4-3-3. So um, I could see Warsaw matching them, playing probably Kinsella, Bates and Sinclair, playing all three of them and then maybe um, having one or two of the new signings on the bench and, uh, and other attacking players to, to make a go of it in the second half. And um, But yeah, it remains to be seen. It's, it's one of those where I think... If you lose it, you're you, you're looking more towards the playoffs being unlikely. Um, yeah. and not not one result can can 
not one result can make it all one way or another, but I think it really starts looking in that direction if they lose it. Yeah. What 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 changes would you make, if any? Yeah, I um you've got to weigh up whether as I said, whether you match and go four three three. Um I probably would. Um and I and I probably would go to Kinsella, Bates, Sinclair, have the other the other two pressing have give Bates an opportunity to sit a bit, a bit deeper and, and pick the ball up and uh, and pick passes. Um and then it also gives the opportunity to have a front three of Wes, Elijah, Josh, although Josh will be on the right, he, he drifts inside. So I, I, I'd be quite happy with that. Start Norman from the off as well, more of an attacking right back to give a, a little bit more of an attacking potency to it. But um, I potentially would match them just so they're not over overcrowded in midfield um, and then have options from the bench to bring on Lavery, Nolan, uh, Tyreek Wright, any of the other new signs that may or may not be involved on the bench. So, um, bearing in mind the, the two new ones Reed and, uh, and Vincent um, I, th- I believe only arrived at the stadium yesterday uh, yeah. because they had the game Tuesday night and then Wednesday they would they had off uh, I believe or they normally do at least so um, they won't have had loads of time to, to be training basically so whether they're involved or not and uh, I think I think the substitutes could be could play a big part in this one and uh it get it, it towards a positive result. Go on then, give me a prediction as we finish up. I'm going to say 2-0, an early goal, Warsaw sit back on it and counter in the latter stages of the game and, and get second. I think we'd all take that, mate. I think we'd definitely take that. Uh, right, that just about does us a mate. Uh, take 2-0 win, wouldn't we? Um, unless you've got anything else to add, Mr Keane? No, uh, everything seems to be all good. Yeah, just keep an eye out for, for tonight I'm, I know I'm a tease but there's a, a little something coming um, aside from that all good always dangled in a carrot you are uh, <laughs> right okay fingers crossed we also can get three points uh, against Port Vale uh, but from me from Liam fond farewell thank you very much